You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Central banks are making headlines yet again. Last night in the United States of America, the US Federal Reserve, chaired by Jerome Powell, raised interest rates again by 75 basis points. We'll come to the market reaction in a moment. And this afternoon, on the 3rd of November, the Bank of England raised its benchmark rate by 75 basis points, its biggest hike in 33 years. With me is Russell Silverstone, investment strategist at 91 in London. These are difficult times, and I don't quite know how to read them, Russell. We'll come to the market reaction in a moment because they don't know how to read it, market participants, that is. But goodness me, quite fascinating stuff. Start with the Bank of England, please. Yeah, no, sure. Hi then, Izzy. So Bank of England rose rates by, by 0.75%, you said. Big, big increase, largest for several years. It takes official rates back to where they were in 2008, so literally on, on the eve of the global financial crisis. It was in line with what the market expected, but actually the, the, the really interesting bit is what the bank are saying about implied interest rates in the market. I think it's probably the strongest pushback I've seen against against market pricing, um, and, and, and that message hasn't gone down too well in markets, to be honest with you. Okay, they're still settling down. They're still absorbing all this. But if we can go back to the United States last night, because, okay, we had the 75 basis points rise. That was largely expected, so the market tentatively started to nose its way higher, and I'm talking about the S&P 500, the equity market. Then there was more comments, and Jerome Powell in his press conference said, uh, next meeting we might actually think of bringing it down a little bit, from 75 basis points to you know, potentially 50 basis points or even less, and the market liked that as well, so it went up a little bit more. But then he said... But we're not going to stop. We're going to carry on until the inflation genie is in the bottle. And then the market fell on its head. The market doesn't like all this stuff. No, in my opinion, as a central bank watcher, it was an absolute masterclass uh, because what they managed to do was raise rates by 0.75 and then say, as you rightly spotted, then said, actually, well, going forward, we'll probably raise rates by sort of a lower than expected amount. But they still managed to tighten financial conditions, which is from their perspective, is exactly what they want. So what they're trying to do, what their objective is, is you know, absolutely they want to kill inflation. And I think we've said this all along. You know, they've only got one chance to get this right, but they need to get off this sort of treadmill of, of 75 basis point hikes, which you know, historically are, are huge. Yes. Rates are already at 4%. So they needed to step down, but they needed to say, you know, what financial markets are absolute desperate for is, is the so-called pivot. They want central banks to sound the inflation all clear and then everything can rally again. What the central banks are saying is we can't afford financial for financial conditions to loosen now because actually that's financial conditions are the channel through which monetary policy operates on the economy. And the whole point of raising rates is to slow things down to get inflation down so what the market's looking for what the market what the central banks are doing are two completely different things so yeah. you know the, the, the fed will be very pleased uh the the market wasn't it's not utter chaos but it's a little bit chaotic what has been the response of the uk market notably the FTSE 100 the equity market and also the gilts yeah sure so say so a very different signal from the bank of england which is the market implied interest rates First, take a step back. You know, most central banks are, are basically shooting first with interest rates and, and asking questions later. <laughs> the Bank of England are sticking with their with their sort of tried and 
arguably tested and someone might even say failed strategy of, of, of producing quarterly economic forecasts, which quite frankly, in this environment, extremely difficult. And that forecast, I said, based on market interest rates, I mean, frankly, it's a disaster. The UK will be in recession until 2024. Unemployment will rise to 6% um, and inflation in 2025 will be zero. So basically, an incredibly strong message that, you know, markets, you've got this wrong. What's really interesting is that the gilt market actually, so sort of short dated, which are most sensitive to interest rates, uh, very slightly higher in yield, very slightly, but longer dated, the sort of the 30 years are up nearly 0.2%. And that's the sort of message from the market saying, you know, we're not sure about your credibility uh, when, when everyone else is, is is really, you know, worried about inflation first and the economy second. The Bank of England are doing the opposite. Um, in terms of what's happened to equity market, the domestically focused sort of FTSE 250 yeah. is is down down one and a half. Um, mm. That's underperforming sort of European peers. The FTSE 100, as we know, is an odd index. It does well when sterling weakens and that's down 0.7. It's largely sort of miners, oil companies, etc. And that's that sort of relative strength in the 100 will be a reflection of of sterling weakness and sterling's fallen um, very sharply against the uh, against the dollar, because actually, you know, three percent rates in, in in this world now is actually quite low. Yeah, the FTSE 250 probably more representative of domestic UK stocks, so that's the one we should be looking at. It's doubled the loss of the FTSE 100, which has got a lot of international stocks in it. Okay. Now, let me ask you this question now. It's a very, very puerile and layman's question. But when you see what has happened in the United States last night and in the United Kingdom this afternoon, do you say to yourself, they know something that we don't, there's some more trouble coming? Or are they saying to you, actually, we're just a little bit late, so we've got to play catch up? Which of the two is it? I mean, it's a really hard question. I think as a centre-back watcher, I think what they're trying to achieve is very clear. And, and that is, you know, it's getting interest rates to a so-called a restrictive level. The central banks want demand to slow. They want economies to slow because that's how inflation is going to come down. The markets don't want to see recessions. They want central banks to give us easy money again. And so, you know, the two the two messages are, are you know, what the market wants and what the central banks are giving them, I think, is is is, is very different. And, and that's why, you know, certainly... It, People are obsessed with this idea of a of a pivot from central banks, but um, you know we 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 we're we're nowhere near that stage at the moment. And I think that's why you know you've you've, you've seen the reaction. And as, as you said right said at the beginning, originally originally markets cheered, you know, because actually they've said, oh, we're going to do sort of you know lower pace of increases going forward. But but you know there's a real dichotomy between you know the, the message from central banks and and what market want markets want to hear you thought you were going to have a very very quiet year end uh, russell silverstone but clearly it's not the case it's going to be a fascinating next two months russell thank you very much for your time russell silverstone is an investment strategist at 91 in london the views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of lindsay williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.